0: Here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold and you are listening to episode 12 of our podcast. Can't wait to get into this one with my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how are we doing today?
1: Doing great, man. Uh, watching some Champions League today. We're really just excited for week two to, to get underway, man. This is this is uh, great football that we're watching here.
0: So you have any bets on any of the uh, soccer matches this morning?
1: No, I'm just rooting for my squad, AC Milan here, man. I go way back with them since FIFA 03, Clarence Seedorf, Kaká. It's
0: my squad, man, even though I think they're going to get steamrolled. All right, good times. Let's move on to some football. Obviously, week one was incredible, bookended by two absolutely fantastic games. We talked about the Cowboys and Buccaneers last week. Last night, Raiders-Ravens was in one of the, I don't know, craziest, stupidest games that I've ever watched in my life. Something that made absolutely no sense. The overtime was like, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. That was some of the dumbest dumbest football I've ever seen in my life. So congrats to the Raiders-Ravens. and I wish I would have been in the stands in Vegas. I bet that place is absolutely electric. I'm sure the MGM afterward was partying their asses off after what they saw in the fourth quarter. Uh, we had some crazy, crazy gambling stuff this week. Obviously, underdogs outright nine and seven. I believe they went twelve and four. 12 and
1: four against the spread. Yeah,
0: absolutely insane. I wish I would have parlayed some of those or done some round robins. Uh, that kind of sucked that I didn't do as much as I probably should have. But overall, a really good and fun week one. Uh, let's jump into some stuff on a week one recap. Let's go with what do you think was the most impressive win or team that you saw in week one? Uh, standing a little bit, I thought that the Eagles looked
1: great and uh, really surprised just at how well. At first, it looked like their defense was pretty suspect, but then they kind of locked in as the game wore on. And and really, you know, the, Jalen Hurts just looked electric, and that offense was just moving, humming. Devontae Smith looked great. Was really surprised about the the Eagles the way they came out, but um, you know, going towards uh, what was the other team that I really liked? You know, the Bengals had a surprising victory over the Vikings, but I think what what stood out the most was probably the Saints' performance um, against the Packers. And I guess I could probably go to that for my most disappointing. But let me go with actually the Arizona Cardinals. I know we were both really down on Cliff Kingsbury, yeah, and we thought that the Tennessee Titans were just going to roll. Um, And at home, too, right? And what I saw was Kyler Murray having complete control of the offense. A.J. Green wasn't really even a factor, but Rondell Moore did his thing. DeAndre Hopkins had this, you know, disgusting uh, catch-and-stop-and-go into a touchdown. He was pretty much unmatched. That team, I don't know what happened to Tennessee. You know, we saw them undisciplined. Julio Jones picking up dumb penalties. Ryan Tannehill didn't look like he knew what the hell he was doing. He, like, reverted back to the Adam Gase days. That team just looked disgusting. Derrick Henry couldn't really get it going, so I think that's probably the big surprise, man. That you know the the Arizona Cardinals actually looked confident and got a, a really good strong win to open out the season. Open up the so, season.
0: Uh, my two most impressive wins of the weekend were the Cardinals and the Eagles. The Saints obviously up there, but that game was like really wonky and weird and in Jacksonville. So I don't want to read. First of all, it's week one. You shouldn't read too much into anything that we just saw. Like, and you'll yeah. we'll see. As we get into week two, we'll talk about a little bit later. And then on our Friday podcast, like the way that you want to bet generally in week two is to fade whatever you saw in week one, whatever the overreactions are. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. But the Arizona Cardinals definitely look good. It was good to see Kyler back healthy. It's almost like we forgot what that looked like at the beginning of last year or the first half of last year when they were really good. He's like, uh, I mean, he moves around like Lamar, but he's got a better arm and a better throw of the football. Uh, And he looked awesome. You total control of the Tennessee defense that kind of stunk. We had questions about that, but we thought that Cliff wouldn't have a plan. And I don't even know if Cliff had a plan. Like, some of the thro- throws <laughs> that Kyler was making didn't
1: really They were just like really great throws. Right.
0: That, the, the one where he was backing up straight seven yards, and then the flick over to Christian Kirk in the corner was one of the most disgusting Crazy. throws that I saw all weekend. Maybe the best throw I saw all weekend. Uh, it kind of looked like the uh, the Derek Carr one to end the game. I was saying, yeah,
1: <laughs> right to Zay Jones. It, right, it kind of looked that. That kind of like a fade. it was almost like a fade. Like oh, yeah, just casually just drop that dime to you with a nice little touch. It was actually very Russell Wilson esque because Russell Wilson yeah, does exactly. that all the time.
0: You're right. That's exactly who it reminded me of. It's Russell Wilson. Uh, so, anyways, the Cardinals look really good. Tennessee, obviously, really disappointing. I don't want to read too much into that one. New coordinator, a lot of new True. pieces going on. They lost a couple of really good uh, pass-blocking receivers, like Johnny Smith, one of the best pass-blockers for tight ends in the league. Corey Davis is also really good. Uh, That that. might have limited Henry a little bit. Uh, Arizona also, because of the size that they present in the defensive front seven, like makes it really – I think it might be difficult for teams to play them because they're so weird. Maybe when they get more tape, they'll they'll have more success. But first time seeing it, it's definitely a weird team to play to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals. And then on the other side, the Eagles – Man, hurts. You got to be really freaking excited about what you saw. Now the Falcons' good. defenses, the Falcons' defenses, it's trash, not good. and they're gonna be, it's they're gonna good. be trash all year. Uh, the Falcons, I got to be honest, I thought that they, with Arthur Smith, were gonna throw the ball all over the place. I did not think the Eagles' front seven would look as good as they did. The Falcons' offensive line, I said, has been good to average. Uh, they're terrible, like absolutely atrocious. That is really, really scary. Uh, if you're a Falcons fan, this might be a little bit more of a rebuilding year than we had thought.
1: Yeah, I mean it's going to be a tough division for them, regardless. You know, I think the Panthers are going to get better. The Saints, obviously, uh, pulled out a really good first win. We'll see how that you know progresses over the course of the season. But I think Atlanta's the worst team in this division right now. And after that, you know, I don't think that Atlanta's a very good team. And I think the Eagles, if they're going to be a serious team, you got to take care of the the bad teams and make it look convincing. And they did that. And um, I think that they're going to need to go back to the drawing board a little bit. And I don't know if it's on Matt Ryan. Maybe he needs to get the ball out quicker. Um, the receivers weren't really getting much separation. And they really didn't have much running room. So, you know, I think the Eagles defense definitely uh, overachieved in, in game one. So I, I'm curious to see how the Atlanta Falcons rebuild and adjust from here.
0: Look, the, the division completely, I mean, it's already pretty open because there's not a whole lot of great teams. But Ryan Fitzpatrick being out. I mean, if Washington was the favorite, they're no longer the favorite. Yeah. Dallas look good in week one offensively. Obviously, they're going to have their defensive issues all season long. That's not going away. The Giants, we saw. The Giants stink. like They're awful. Stink, stink. The, <laughs> Philly, Philly can absolutely win this division, and maybe comfortably. Maybe that's the week one overreactions is I think the Eagles can win this division comfortably, but it's not out of the realm of possibility here.
1: No, Don't jinx it here, but, I mean, a, a division – Nobody in the NFC East has repeated as a divisional champ since twenty since 2004. So it's wide open for – I don't think the Giants are going to be it. It's probably going to be Dallas or the Eagles. And Dallas, no doubt, has the best offense in the division. It's a matter of can they play defense at some point over the course of the season. Um, so I think it's going to be a pretty interesting battle between those two teams. Now, Taylor Heineke, like, he could be fine. the The Washington defense is still pretty good. I think, you know, Justin Herbert certainly showed out, had a really good game um in Washington to to pull out a victory there. But I don't think the Washington Reds the Washington football team um is really out of the out of the 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 contention yet. Like they'll be fine.
0: No, I I think that they'll be fine too. But Heineke definitely limits their ceiling offensively. Sure. Uh so that'll be interesting to monitor. You're right about Herbert. Herbert played great other than the one red zone interception that may have just been a good play by the cornerback rather than a bad throw by him. But I mean, he had like six drops. He still threw for like 330 yards on the road. 10 a.m. body clock game, first game with all their new very players. Very impressive. Very impressive. The the one point I want to bring up, circling back to the Eagles here, was I think that Sirianni. I, we were kind of questioning this earlier if he just is terrible uh, on the mic, but he actually might be a really good coach. The
1: right. decision
0: that he made when they they went up seven to go for two automatically, no thought about it to go no up no nine. questions asked. Yeah. Was I, I'm sitting on my couch like, oh, they're going for 2 Oh, This guy gets it. And maybe, maybe he doesn't, but like the, the analytical, no second guessing, absolutely, we're doing this puts you ahead of half of the league already. It doesn't even matter if you're making the right coaching decision. Like you understand math. Great. You're a middle of the road coach right now.
1: Yeah. I think it's really the unpredictable. You got to be unpredictable. Right. And I think, when you keep defenses on their toes, you don't know what they're going to put out there. And I think, I mean, if, if Sirianni is going to be aggressive, I'm all for it because that, that's sending to that's to me, that's sending a signal like you can't stop us from getting two yards. And if we're going to punch you in the mouth every time, then we're going to get those yards. So I like the aggression. That's somewhat, somewhat of the elk of Doug Peterson uh, circa 2018 when they won the championship. Like he was very ballsy and wanted to take those risks. And I'm all for it, man. We have a running quarterback. We have a competent running back. We have a really good offensive line. Move the chains, man. Let's do it.
0: Don't settle for
1: for extra points.
0: Especially with going for two things, like having a running quarterback makes such a difference when you're at the two-yard line because your ability to stretch it from sideline to sideline there and make it feel bigger is so big. So good on him. Good on Hurts for being good enough to execute all that stuff. And good on Sirianni for recognizing, one – the mathematical edge and two that you have the sort of players to get that done. So right. awesome all around there. Actually this kind of brings us into buyer fade before, before we get there, let me talk about what we're doing Thursday, IG live four thirty PM before the Washington football team, and the giants kickoff on Thursday night football. We're giving away two jerseys, Saquon Barkley retro signed Jersey and a Lamar Jackson Jersey. So all you have to do is download the champions round app, follow us on IG and Twitter And then we will have a contest over the next two days. Be sure you're on that IG live at 430 and see if you win those shirts. So that's exciting. I'm excited to give away the Saquon one. Hopefully plays a little bit better uh, against the football team in week two. Uh, All right, let's go on to our next segment here. Buy or fade. We got five teams, five wins this weekend in week one. Let's talk about if we're buying them or fading them for the next couple weeks. So we already talked about the first one, Arizona. What do you think? about them in the NFC West. Now, every team in the West on both sides won. They went 8-0. So very interesting divisions. We thought they would well, we thought the NFC West would be really good. Looks like they are uphill battle for Arizona, but they certainly looked impressive in Week 1. I'm fading them. I think it's fool's gold.
1: Cliff started out hot. It's a really good opening win, but as we talked about, Tennessee's defense isn't good. Their offense is always going to be explosive. I think they did make some nice moves to pick up some veteran players like J.J. Watt, but I don't think it's going to hold out for the season. Uh, When was the last time J.J. Watt actually completed a season? So um, I think it's a great first start, great first game, but I'm not believing it. They're going to finish last in the division, and they're not going to make the playoffs while the other three teams in the division do. So, yeah, I'm not believing this. This is a week one overreaction.
0: All right. So along those lines, their next game, week two, they are hosting the Minnesota Vikings, a team that lost in overtime. To the Cincinnati Bengals, the Vikings are currently plus four and a half. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit at the end, but that line jumps out with fireworks to me of the classic overreaction game. I have a feeling that I'm going to be on Minnesota plus four and a half, real hard. What is your initial take on that line?
1: Uh, the exact same thing, man. I, I don't. I think that the the Minnesota Vikings got that got caught asleep at the wheel. Uh, Joe Burrow. Honestly, their their cornerbacks just got torched. You know, I saw yeah. Jamar Chase just shaking, hitting people on different dig routes, just making people lost. So, you know, I think that they're gonna they're gonna have a nice course correct. They have a really good head coach there and staff. They're still healthy. Um, you know, we didn't really see much out of Dalvin Cook as we're used to. So, I think if they commit to the run a little bit more, throw with Kirk Cousins less, I think that they'll get back to get back to basics and probably. Uh, come out victorious. But I think that this is a huge overcorrection. Four and a half points to, to the Minnesota Vikings. That, that just that's too much. If anything, I feel like they should be uh this should be almost like a pick 'em. So if you're getting four and a half, three and a half more points, take it.
0: My numbers I have Arizona minus two and a half, uh just basically home field pick 'em on neutral site. So it yeah. definitely feels two points too high for me and you're going through key numbers at three and four there. I agree with you on Minnesota. Mike. biggest concern for them going against Kyler is, like you just said, their cornerbacks got torched versus Joe Burrow. Now it's going to happen if you have Kyler. Now I understand that their receivers outside of Hopkins are not as good as Chase and Higgins, but like Rondale and Christian Kirk can still move. So if you're getting torched by Kyler down the field, you're playing from behind. Uh, a little dicey. Also on the Vikings note, my number one prop for the season, the field and under touchdowns already down the two it's week one Are, already gone like where the hell is the touchdown regression buddy i thought you weren't supposed to get in the end zone i thought you were supposed to be justin jefferson touchdowns uh i'm gonna lose some money there
1: <laughs> we have plenty more to, to to get our
0: money back on though all right let's move on to the second one your philadelphia eagles obviously we've talked about this a little bit already but it looks like we're both buying a little bit maybe not all of the hype maybe you're buying more than i am uh but Definitely think that they can uh, can win this division. They're going to be, you know, their, their season win total was what six and a half before the season. Uh, yeah, we're clearly looking at, at a hard over here. I think
1: I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. You know, as a as an Eagles fan, I know we sometimes get out to hot starts. I want to see more against a competent team, and the Atlanta Falcons are not that. And while this is a really good, promising start to the season. Uh, the defense needs to remain consistent. There were still mistakes that they need to clean up. And, you know, I still want to see a little bit more um, involvement from other people besides Devontae Smith. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard did his thing a little bit. Uh, Zach Ertz was still around. But I, I want to see a little bit more emergence. Jalen Rieger caught a touchdown in the end there. But I still want to see how this this offense can grow and the defense can sustain uh, their performance against a team. Like, that's better, I should say, than, than Atlanta. I don't know that that's a true test to their their uh, legitimacy right now.
0: Well, you're sure as heck going to get it in week two because you guys are hosting the San Francisco 49ers. That's a real yeah. defense. Let, let's ask the, this question
1: uh, after next week. <laughs>
0: the 49ers are currently minus three and a half on the road. I My first instinct is to go with the Eagles here. Home dog, plus you're above three. Now the 49ers, look, they look great in the first half against the Lions on the road. Mostert's out. I'm not sure that that matters for Shanahan' off. They'll just plug in Elijah Mitchell and Sermon yeah. and whoever Hasty and whoever that, Wayne Gallman somewhere down the roster. Like, doesn't matter. All those guys are gonna roll. Uh, the IU thing was really weird. I I do not know where that stands. Uh, Sherfield and obviously Samuel had an excellent game, and Kittle's still there. So their offense should probably be okay. But I I actually like the Eagles in this situation and. Look, San Francisco, you can see in the second half there, one, Detroit did exactly what I th- think they're going to do all year, which is just absolutely much so garbage tying fantasy points in the fourth quarter. Like, Hawkinson and Swift would have put up, like, a 40-burger in the fourth quarter. That's going to happen it. all season long. Um, but you get San Francisco, who Jason Barrett tours uh, ACL, I believe, or he's out for the year. Their, right. their secondary is very, very suspect. I think it might be another big week for Hurts. He might not be able to run as much, but I think he's going to throw it all over the place. Uh, I kind of like the Eagles here.
1: Yeah, I'm going to still wait and see here. I kind of want to – got to see how the practice kind of unfolds because I feel like this is a prime regression uh, opportunity right here where they're riding high after a good road win, come back home, and then they just lay a fucking egg. Um, I've seen it one too many times. So hopefully – I don't know. We'll see, but um, I think it's gonna be a competitive game. San Francisco situation. They're running back by committee. I don't. I don't care who's in the back. Like somehow, some way, somebody's gonna go off. Uh, probably JJ um, Jermichael Hasty this time. But um, Wayne Gallman is actually on the on the Falcons now. But see, later there you on, Je- Jeff
0: Wilson will probably Jeff Wilson will come in. Yeah, He'll Jeff Wilson, the, the week thirteen through sixteen star every year. He'll come out of nowhere. So not so you're right. right there. The, uh re- real quick the Ayuk
1: thing though. Apparently, his he wasn't ready in training camp. I read a beat reporter today that said uh, he's trying to learn how to be a pro. I don't know what that means, but, yeah, that was a very odd very odd thing to happen so close to the game without any kind of context beforehand, thinking that you know he's going to play. But shout out to Debo Samuel, man. That's the Debo that we always wanted to see, man. He went off. But, yeah, I think that there are some vulnerabilities, certainly in San Francisco's defense. But I also think that they kind of were just like, Detroit sucks and we're just going to kind of like chill. And we got this win, even though it was close, but I don't think that they're going to take that layoff when they play the Eagles.
0: I mean, they were up like 38, 13. It wasn't, it wasn't close. close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Houston, who was my best bet last week. Not surprised that they took out a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach at home. Tyrod Taylor, still a confident quarterback and they actually have some weapons. Like they, all of their running backs are kind of old or cast offs or whatever, but they can still play a little bit. The offensive line still has Laramie Tunsil. Like they they have good – Brandon Cooks is still Brandon Cooks when he's healthy and not concussed. So they, uh, they have some guys, and the defense performed okay. I mean, they still gave up 300 yards and three touchdowns to a rookie quarterback, but whatever, they were up a ton. So uh, what do you think about Houston going forward? I assume that you still think that they're still the team that we thought they were going to be and they just caught a good one in week one, or what are your thoughts on this?
1: They're a little confusing for me, because, like, Jacksonville's no good. We know this. and But I'm, I am kind of actually impressed. Like, I'm wondering if Tyrod Taylor or some of the other vets around the locker room were like, yo, we're pretty much a, a compilation of, like, all the old vets that nobody wanted, and somehow it works, right? Like, they're all the running backs, and everybody in the running back room is not a workhorse back, but if you give them all, a fair shake or some kind of volume they'll be effective it's just a matter of when you give them too much that's when they start you know coming up limp and hurt so even brandon cooks you know you, you said it right either he's concussed or he's getting work so this team actually could be okay i just don't know they're still going to probably they're still going to be worse in their division i just wouldn't be surprised if maybe they exceed expectations they end up third in the division not fourth like i predicted in the beginning of the season because jacksonville I don't know. I think Jacksonville still has way more talent. It just needs to come together. To me, that's more of a head coaching thing versus a player thing. And I don't. I think the locker room is better in Houston right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville kind of caught up in the midst of the season. You know, all they have to do is win the next game against Houston, and then they're back in a battle for the who who doesn't want to be last in the division. So, yeah, I'm I'm not buying Houston yet, but I was impressed by how well they looked as a team. I mean, they put points on the board. It wasn't like a sloppy win here. Yeah. They, they did it pretty handedly.
0: So the thing about Houston for me is like the bottom third of their roster is really talented. Like they might have the best bottom third of the roster in the entire NFL. Like Casario yeah. clearly wants to build from the bottom up and then get the superstars later. Jacksonville's right. almost the exact opposite, where they have like this top-end talent or supposed to top-end talent eventually, but they're pretty thin right now. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me in week one that the – the depth and overall experience of Houston won out. Now they have to travel to Cleveland to play an angry Browns team who lost a surefire win in Kansas city for the second time in a year. Uh, they're Cleveland somewhere is vastly between 11 and a half and 13 and a half, depending on which books you like. Uh, I think Cleveland's going to come out and absolutely similar. Like this is a game where they just rush for 300 yards on Houston and they can't get it back. So, it's a big number, but I'm tempted to lay the uh, wood on uh, Cleveland in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I I fired them up on my defense in fantasy. I think that they're going to have a field day. They just got Mahomes yet again, and I think that yeah. they're going to be very pissed and take it all out um, on them. So, yeah, I, I ride with you there. I'm definitely going to tail that. I think that Cleveland's going to show out, play very well on both sides of the ball.
0: It's going to get ugly. All right, two ones quickly. Pittsburgh, who won at Buffalo, something that we had. We had Pittsburgh plus six and a half here. Yeah, Uh, But Buffalo looked, I mean, kind of all over the place. Josh Allen looked like more like 2019 to 2020. Josh Allen overthrowing some surefire touchdowns. But that Pittsburgh defense can keep you in any game, regardless of how the offense is rolling. And the offensive line did not look that good. Najee couldn't get any room. The wide receivers really didn't get that much work. Deontay had a great touchdown. But otherwise, I mean... Good luck getting p- past the uh, Pittsburgh defense. They're absolutely elite. Yeah, I
1: was actually more concerned about Ben Roethlisberger. He looked very regular in the in the first half, and then he kind of kind of picked up the pace in the, late in the game as he usually does. Um, Deontay Johnson's hands are still suspect. He should have caught the first ball. He didn't have to bobble it, but he he, he maintained control and, and actually came down with the catch. But yeah, I, I think Josh Allen to me just looked like he was just uncomfortable. And I think that's a testament to the Steelers defense. He was missing throws. Um, his touch was off. You know, it was giving me vibes of like really early on where he just had so much zip on the ball, had no idea how to control it, and he kind of lost his his momentum there. Um, they didn't really establish the run very well. Singletary had a couple nice runs late in the game, but I thought that by that time it was too late. Um and yeah, your our boy Gabe Davis got his tutty, so love love to see him shining. But ultimately I think the Bills are gonna be fine. I think you know, they'll they'll eventually settle down. This is, I think this loss is really on Josh Allen and their preparation and lack thereof for what, what the Steelers really did on defense. Um, I didn't think that they made a lot of adjustments, and the Steelers' defense won that game. I didn't think Ben was extremely impressive by any means. And to your point, Najee Harris had, like, zero running lanes. Juju did next to nothing. Claypool had a couple big plays, but that was it. He was pretty much neutralized. So this game is lost on, on Josh Allen and their lack of adjustments.
0: All right, so Pittsburgh, minus 5.5, hosting the Raiders on Sunday. I'm riding with the Steelers again here. I, I think that this is a perfect spot to fade the Raiders coming off of an emotional Monday night win, first game in Vegas with all of their fans there, and a lucky win at that. I, I think the Steelers can really contain this Raiders offense. They're probably going to be low-scoring over-under 47. I might like the under there also, but this strikes me as a Pittsburgh-like 24-10, 24-17, something like that. Couldn't agree more.
1: Um, I think you you said it best. The coming off a high like that, you know, an ex, a crazy game that we've never probably witnessed before of just so many ebbs and flows and change of momentum. That's going to be a huge layoff opportunity. And the Steelers coming off a big win on the road, they're going to beat the they're going to beat the shit out of the Raiders. <laughs> I can't All
0: wait. right, let's move on. Let's move on to the last buyer fade team here, team that we talked about a little bit already, the Los Angeles Chargers, who are hosting the Dallas Cowboys in L.A. Chargers are currently minus two and a do you think of their overall performance? We talked about Herbert a little bit, but their overall performance heading to Washington, getting a win. And what do you think about the uh, Dallas matchup? Their
1: defense looks legit. And I think that that was one of the things that we were looking to see improvement upon uh, this off season and also their offensive line. They, they stood up, they, they made the right investments. I thought they did a great job neutralizing the Washington pass rush And ultimately, I think they just played a complete game. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more involvement uh, in Austin Eckler in the passing game. But ultimately, they didn't really need it. And, um, you know, I think that we saw Keenan Allen is still one of the best wide receivers in the game. But what they do have now is a Mike Williams playing that X position. And if he stays healthy, I mean, look out for this offense, man, because this is this is what we've been waiting for out of Mike Will for since he's been in the league, really. And he's now has a quarterback. I mean, Phil Rivers is always very, very keen on wanting to target the tight ends and occasionally a wide receiver, but Herbert spreads the rock around. And I think he's very smart, very intelligent. He's taken a – looks pretty good in, in year two. Doesn't look like he's going to have any regression. So I think this Chargers team is dangerous. Now the fact that they're laying two and a half to the Cowboys, it seems right. that That's a good number. Um, the question is what is Dallas going to come with and, and can they play defense? And I don't know that they're – From what I saw against Tampa Bay, they're not ready for that yet. So I'm going to give the edge to the Chargers here at home.
0: Yeah, I think that the Chargers will get it done. I do not want to bet that number, though. It just seems like this is going to be an absolute shootout. You're right about the Chargers' defense. They look really good. This is what Brandon Staley does. I'm sure that he'll have a great plan for the Cowboys. But there's only so many things that you can do against the Cowboys if they're healthy. And it looks like they'll have Zach Martin back. So it's going to be a tough matchup but I also expect Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike will and Eckler to have giant games against Dallas. I think that they're. I mean, you saw what Antonio Brown did taking off the roof of that defense. Now yep. imagine, I mean, the guys like Jalen Guyton, I feel like this is like a perfect matchup for them. Just over the, yeah, top. To the
1: 50, yard, 50 yard bomb. Like what exactly.
0: <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's one of the things that Herbert does best, right? It's just throw those yeah. huge rainbows forever. And it's not like the Josh Allen ones that are just laser beams. Like, Herbert's really good about dropping it in there, almost like Nick Foles, throw it as high as you can in the air and let that thing fall in right. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of those. I actually think a sneaky bet in there is like longest touchdown. I don't know what it will be, but I wouldn't be surprised to see either Jack or Herbert sling a big one. So maybe watch out for that as a prop uh, come Sunday. All right, let's move on. Let's do a, a quick Thursday night football preview. Giants at the football team, Washington currently minus three over under a very low lows of the week, 41 points. What's your initial read on this game?
1: My initial read, uh, I'm taking an under uh, 40 and a half, you know, 41. Uh, I don't, I didn't really see much from the New York Giants offense. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in their offensive line. It's complete and utter trash. And I think, you know, Washington football team coming off a loss like that, they need this divisional win. And I think that they're going to, be in the face of Daniel Jones pretty frequently. I think we saw Saquon Barkley is not quite there yet. They're going to need him if they're going to be any types of competitive. Kenny Galladay got a couple opportunities, but all in all, Evan Ingram coming back to the lineup isn't going to change anything. Uh, I think that this New York Giants team is in trouble. And uh, ultimately, I think the, the, the uh, Washington football team can take care of business enough. Um, three and a half, it's a uh, – not an ideal line right but i think yeah. I, I could i think i could live with it i'll probably just take washington football team money line uh because i think that they'll have no problems uh getting a victory here
0: so money line looks like it's around 170 right now no juice uh, juice i, I, I kind of like that one too i look i have a issue on thursday night week i hate thursday two, night early exactly. i mean they, they suck I like always try to avoid my fantasy guys playing in those games, too. They're always just sloppy. The The letdowns. Yeah, absolutely. So, plus three and a half here. Three or three and a half, depending on what you're looking at. I mean, I'm tempted to take the divisional dog, but I'm just thinking about that Washington defensive line running through the offensive line of the Giants. We saw what Denver did last week, and Washington has a better defensive front than Denver does. So, that's a little scary. And that game was in New York. Now you're going to Washington. Seems a little dicey to me. Also, I think that maybe Washington's going to have a little extra juice on the defensive side. Now that Heineke's in, they have to play a little bit tighter to the vest. There's not as much room for error. Uh, I think this is a game that they probably get right on the defensive side. Not that they weren't good last week, but, like, really good against a a bad Giants team. Look, as low as that 41 is, and the over is probably smart just because, like, turnovers and bad defense or whatever, like – if you told me that this game's gonna end 17 3 Washington, I'd be like, Yep, that sounds good. Like, so my my hunch is that I'm probably staying away from all four sides here, just because it's so gross in Thursday night football. But for right. the sake of doing a podcast and being entertaining, screw it. Washington money line and under 41, those are the locks of the week. I was thinking 2117.
1: Absolutely-
0: yeah, absolutely not locks, people. Like, please don't bet this. we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll have better bets on Friday, I promise. But if you're really a degenerate gambler, which I know that many of you are, we might be too. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, we all need the action. Go, go, go ahead and bet Washington money line. I think that's a probably safe bet. Uh, all right, last point here, and then we'll head out. Is there any one specific bet or line that you're looking at week two that's already popping up where you're like, I absolutely have to bet that? Something that we maybe haven't talked about yet.
1: Uh, that's an interesting one. I, so I kind of like the Rams. Um, minus three and a half going to Indianapolis. I didn't like what I saw from Indianapolis at all. Carson Wentz looks, he just looks awful. Um, he, his play action fakes aren't convincing. You know, I don't know that they're going to be able to establish the run as well. You know, Jonathan Taylor still found some kind of wiggle room, but I think he's going to probably be more active in the past game. That's not Carson Wentz's strong suit. He has no touch thrown into the flats or dump offs. Um, and they're also missing, you know, if Xavier Rhodes is going to be out again, that's going to be big for them. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams because I think what we saw from the Rams, they're a serious – they're going to be a serious team. Now that Matt Stafford's actually their quarterback, this is a game changer. Um, Daryl Henderson looked good in his first start. Um, they even mixed in uh, – I think they'll probably mix in Sony Michelle a little bit more as the season wears on. But I think that the rapport is there. Van Jefferson going off, catching a bomb, 72 yards. That's what mcvay has been dreaming of, and I think Indianapolis is going to have a lot of. They're going to have a lot of trouble just dealing with Aaron Darnold, and then having to turn on the other side of the ball and I have to look at Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. Good luck.
0: Yeah, boy, the Rams really look good, and Stafford staff slinging it out there. I mean, slinging. You're right. You're right. That's absolutely McVeigh's dream, and they they definitely look like they're uh, they're going to be a real Super Bowl contender here. Uh, mine. Look, last week, my number one pick was Houston plus three and a half, basically the ugliest game on the board. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> staring, I'm staring down the ugliest game on the board right now, which is Jacksonville plus seven at home against Denver. Uh, I, I don't know how to get much uglier than this, but seven points at home in your home opener uh, against a Denver team that, look, they look good, but they lost Jerry Judy. They're not going to score a ton of points this season. It's very low margins here. While you're asking for Jacksonville to score maybe 17 points in this game, 2017, let's let's come out of here with a loss and a cover. I, I don't hate it. Plus seven at home is a lot of points for a team that still has some good wide receivers. And on top of that, Denver is, I don't know if they're coming back to Denver, but two straight East Coast early morning games. Uh, not the easiest thing to do to start the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville finds a way to sneak out plus seven here.
1: Denver's my dark horse team, man. I think that they're going to have a really good record this season. Um, now, can they cover seven points? Eh, I don't have much faith in Urban Meyer at, at this point. Neither uh, do I. Yeah. That's like, why I see
0: ugly better of a week. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I mean, I like the play. Like, I, I think Denver's going to definitely win outright. But, uh, you know, with Jerry Judy, that's a huge loss, man. You're going to have KJ, Stonehands, Hamler catching the ball from Teddy Two Gloves. And, you know, maybe you see the resurgence of Tim Patrick again. But, you know, Melvin Gordon kind of got rolling towards the end of the game, but him and Javante are still splitting. The offense isn't that explosive, so I could see this being tighter than people expect. So um, I think I might tail that one as
0: well. All right. That does it for our Tuesday podcast, episode 12. We will be back on Friday with our five best bets of the week. Look for that. That'll be episode 13, dropping Friday on Spotify. So until then, thank you for joining us. and remember. IG Live 4.30 on Thursday, we'll be giving away a Saquon jersey and a Lamar Jackson jersey. Stay tuned to our Instagram for more information on that. Dan, until next time, until Friday, talk to you soon.
1: Peace.